Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley on 1380 KLIZ. We stream at uh, KLIZ.com and also find us on Podcast One, brought to you in part by Amori Seafood Markets in Baxter and Motley, finest uh, walleye, smoked fish, herring, seafood, as Paul says, eat more fish. And also Dockside Rental, Brainerd Lakes, uh, go-to for surf, wakeboard, pontoons, jet skis, and rentals when you're not on the golf course. Chris, uh, good show coming up today. Got a friend of yours, uh, uh, a fellow teacher, and that'll be a good segment because I know you two guys have uh, kind of swapped ideas for many years. It'll be fun to get some ideas from Todd. Yeah, we've got Todd Colbon from Sioux Falls, who's uh, the director of golf at the Sanford Power Academy. And gosh, one of the one of the great, uh, really great minds in golf and great coaches. And I always, uh, I just always enjoy talking to Todd. This uh, week has been kind of dominated. I mean, Billy Horschel dominated on the golf course at the Memorial. But he, he's second in the headlines, but let's give Billy his due because uh, that was pretty impressive. He stretched out his lead after three rounds of play and um, didn't put it on cruise, but he, he really is a guy who is mentally solid when he's leading or um, he just seemed to be able to even said after you know you don't have to make a lot of birdies you just don't you just can't make any mistakes and that's pretty much what he did yeah he uh you know he just shoots even part of the last round but when when billy is in the lead he I generally has not let that lead go and he just just played nice and steady down the stretch and and uh four shot lead at uh, at the memorial is a awfully nice win yeah yeah, five-shot lead going into the day, which uh, is comfortable by PGA standards most of the time. So congrats to Billy Horschel. And then uh, LIV this week, wow, Chris. Uh, uh, DJ, last week we talked about getting maybe maybe $120 million. And uh, I, I kind of all his demeanor is always kind of, it's a little different, but kind of cool, you know. And he doesn't uh, really let tough questions bother him. He just said, you know. I'm looking out for my family and myself, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's why I did it. So I mean, yeah. short answer. He doesn't keep getting grilled like, uh, like Phil does. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, Phil's made a few more outrageous statements than, uh, than DJ. So he, yeah, he, he has, DJ yeah. doesn't, DJ doesn't leave you much, much less, much more to ask, but, uh, <laughs> You know, it, it, it's it's pretty interesting. I, you know, the 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 field this week is is somewhat weak, I would say, with Dustin Johnson and and uh, a lot of older players. You know, kind of dominating the field, and then some some young guys. Um, you know, you've got Graham McDowell and Lee Westwood and and a few other. You know, Phil Mickelson's. You know, some some great Hall of Famers, but then the. the when you get beyond that, you don't really have too many current players that are, uh, you know, uh, kind of that top 25. But uh, gosh, here, here today, you know, we, Wednesday that we're taping, uh, Patrick Reed says he's resigning his PGA Tour membership as well as as uh, Bryson DeChambeau, and neither one a, a real surprise. But um, I don't know the allure of all that money that they're throwing at him is. Uh, I guess just too much for most of these players. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ricky Fowler looks to be next. Maybe it's uh, 
He's certainly been the rumor now for two weeks, so certainly possible that he could go. And Phil said he's not giving up his PGA card. Um, he said, I've earned it with uh, whatever it is, 45 wins and uh, and uh, however many majors. So he's exempt, supposedly, from losing it, so we'll see what kind of penalties they have. But um, it seems like I don't. It seems like he can keep it, at least judging by what it, the pre, the rules going into today might change. I guess I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, you know. And they said that the guys didn't have to didn't have to turn in their tour cards, which uh, Kevin Na did. No, too. yeah, Kevin Na kind of started that, saying he was resigning his PJ Tour membership, and uh, it's interesting. I've heard different takes on that and how that's. Uh, how that is going to affect their future status, whether it does or not. My, my, my guess is that uh, the, the guys that are doing that, they're doing that from some type of legal standpoint. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, but, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. Phil, Phil's a lifetime member because of all his wins of the chore. Once you, uh, once you reach a certain number of wins, you become a lifetime member. Right. So... Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting in the coming weeks, and uh, you feel you feel sorry for the Canadian Open. Uh, you know, they've the two two of their the main guys they sponsored were Graham McDowell and, and Dustin Johnson, so those guys aren't there. Yeah, and then unfortunately with with the COVID regulations still in Canada, they they've lost uh, six or seven players this week who are planning on playing. Uh, so it's uh, between between uh, the still the the COVID uh, regulations and between the LIV event, the the Canadian Open's taken uh, taken a big hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, opportunity knocking maybe for maybe for a breakthrough there. Then, yeah, we should sure. mention certainly the the uh, women's U.S. Open was this last weekend, and uh, Minji Lee had uh, kind of grasped control of that one after day three, kind of like Horschel did, and. Uh, that uh, are you familiar with pine needles? It seems like we've talked about that before. I am. I, I've I've played there several times, and uh, it's a great old Donald Ross golf course. You know, pine, Pinehurst gets all. It seems like Pinehurst gets the majority of the recognition. It's the third uh, or second second U.S. Women's Open they've had at Pine Needles, but it's a it's a great old uh, Donald Ross golf course and. Uh, always reminds me a, a bit of, of Madden's Resort when I've been there because it's uh, kind of built in the same era and the buildings look a lot alike and um, just a great old great old resort. Yeah, not as much drama this year. Last couple U.S. Women's Opens have been pretty pretty competitive down the stretch, but Minji Lee was pretty much in control of this one. So yeah, she yeah, she was in in total control the whole the whole fourth round and really didn't. Nobody really threatened her. Yeah, another New Zealander, right? I think I think she's a yeah. New Zealander. Yeah, she they, is. They get a pretty good string of golfers coming out of there. Yeah, All right, we'll be good. back with our segment with uh, Todd Kolb, director of golf at Sanford Power Academy, good friend of Chris's. Should be a great segment. We're back after this on Lakes Woods and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald, with you, thirteen eighty KLIZ, the fan. Streaming at KLIZ.com and also now on Podcast One. Find us there. Brought away in part by our sponsors, Ernie's on Gull, an experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake. Open year-round at 11 with dock and patio seating. 
Uh, Emily Greens as well, home to the largest green in the universe. It's all about fun at Emily Greens and uh, Gravel Pit Golf, Brainerd's newest golf experience. So thanks to all our sponsors. Chris, very special uh, guest, and I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to introduce my uh, good friend from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Todd Kolb. Todd's been on the show several times with us, and uh, Todd is the, the director of golf at the, at the Sanford Power Academy. And he, Todd's always one of the guys, if I'm struggling with something in, uh, with a student or my game or just a, a question on the golf business in general, Todd's one of my go-to guys that I call. So, Todd, welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for the nice introduction and the kind words. Um, those phone calls go both ways, my friend Chris. So uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, to hopefully uh, talking today and sharing a few ideas with you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, Todd, I, I I wanted to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. Number one is you've got a uh, a new book coming out called The Bad Lie, and uh, I love the title. Tell tell us about about that book. Well, yeah, thanks. We, we're we're just in the process right now you, that it can uh, you can pre-order it on Amazon and a lot of different places. But um, but really, what it is, um, it's it's a journey kind of of myself and what I've gone through in terms of teaching the game, but also playing the game myself. And I've just uh, passed the 50-year mark. I'm 52, and one of the things that became evident as I've aged and gotten older is, is that I don't move swing the club as fast, things like that, that I used to. And so um, what I wanted to do with this book was help people who are what we call the, like an experienced golfer, people who are getting, um, I want to say old, because I don't consider myself old, but they're not 20 anymore, and they don't move and swing the golf club and swing at 120 miles an hour, but yet they still love to play the game. And going through this stage myself, what I was noticing just in general, just through, you know, your general golf magazines and on TV and stuff, most of the instruction that we see these days is is kind of geared towards top-level instructors. If you go to pick up, a, I won't even say a publication, but a local uh, national publication, you look at the cover, what you're going to typically see is a golf swing of whoever won the latest major or something to that effect. Well, those people aren't going to swing the golf club uh, like a guy who's 65 years old, just retired, had his hip replaced two years ago, and now is playing more golf. They're just not going to be able to move the same way. So the premise behind the bad lie is not that current instruction that's out there is not good instruction. It is good instruction. Obviously, it's working for the best person in the world. But is that instruction truly the best instruction for where you're at and what your body is capable, capable of doing at this stage of life? I like it, and you know yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, most most instruction that we see, especially in in, in magazines and books, you, you always see a, you know, the the model is a Brooks Koepka or a Tiger Woods mm. or uh, Dustin Johnson, and and there aren't too many of us that uh, that have that body type or can create that type of club head speed or have that type of athleticism. So. Um, we have to gear that instruction towards uh, the, the people in front of us on the lesson tee. What a great, great idea! So, to tell, tell us what, tell us some of the chapters and what, what, it, what you cover. Yeah, so it, it's. I'll give you an example. So, um, let's say you know when when I first started 
uh, teaching a lot of golf, uh, for example, X Factor was kind of a big thing at the time. And, and some people agreed with it, some people disagreed with it, but a lot of the people who are who this book is geared towards to were also learning the game in, in the you know mid-80s, late-80s, early-90s. And so, like for example, restricting the hip turn or keeping the trail knee flexed in the backswing. Um, those things are okay, but what happens as we get older and we lose flexibility, first they just, you know, we, we're not able to rotate and turn as much. So our golf swing gets shorter. And then our golf swing gets shorter, but yet we still want to create clubhead speed. So then our tempo gets poor. We get quick from the top. All these types of phrases that people throw around. But really the truth of the matter is, is you know, what you need to do is you need to let the hips turn, which means you got to release the trail leg a little bit so you can get some length and some rhythm and some flow to your golf swing. So, like, that would be one example. We kind of dive into some of the myths. What, what are some of the myths that are being told uh, to older golfers that they just typically uh, could not do? Another one uh, we talk a lot about is uh, uh, the direction of, of the swing. I, uh, as golfers get older, I think they're better to swing the club a little bit more what I would call vertical versus flat, but more straight back and up kind of. Andy North, Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, um, as your golf swing works more straight back and up in an arm swing, you can get some more length and some turn and some things like that. So we dive into some of that, some of the faults and fixes. We dive into like what are some typical mistakes that uh, golfers make as they get a little bit older. We've got a couple really good sections on short game and some stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it's, it's I hope it's kind of a roadmap for people to read and say, you know what? God, my back does hurt when I get done playing golf. Maybe if I let my hips turn a little bit more, maybe if I have a little bit more length to my swing by changing the direction of it, I get more distance, my tempo improves, and, and maybe, maybe by a byproduct, I actually even have a little less discomfort at the end of the day. No, that's great. Well, you know, Tyler, along that line, so many people, um, you know, they're hurting after golf, and the golf swing shouldn't hurt. Uh, and let, you know, and how, how do you approach, you know, getting somebody to, you know, I always find it's, it's hard to get somebody to truly, you know, if, if, if they're, if, there's two things, if, if they're, if they're hurting after golf, they're either doing something in the golf swing or they need to do something physically as far as, you know, they need to go get assessed and do something outside of swinging the golf club to, to get better at golf. And, uh, do, is there any way that you get people assessed and how do you work with that? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one of the things we do specifically at Sanford, at the Sanford Power Golf Academy. Uh, we, you know, we got a location, of course, in Sioux Falls and we just opened a spot up in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, and yeah, I mean, getting people in, checking this flexibility, their strength, do they have limitations? Uh, there's, you know, there could be a, a true physical reason why, uh, they're having discomfort when they when they play, um, and so it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Is it is it the discomfort that they initially have uh, that's causing their golf swing to to not perform the way they wanted to, or are they trying to swing the golf club in a way that just simply does not allow their body to move the way it's capable of moving at this particular stage of their life? And and I think that's really at the heart of of why I wanted to put this book together, and that's why we call it the, the you know. Uh, the bad lies is just because you have to be, and you know this, uh, Chris, because you're a great coach. When the first thing you look at when somebody walks onto your lesson tee is what are they physically capable of doing, and what do they have for time, what do they have for resources? Do they like to practice? But just 
giving people information because uh, the number one player in the world at this time does that, are we really doing them a disservice by help asking them to do something that just physically might be causing them uh, some discomfort? Yeah, I think so many people are, you know, there's so much great content out on the internet, you know, and you see all these different teachers doing, you know, giving different tips and, you know, there there may be 400 different ways to to fix a slice if you you look on Mm. YouTube, but you know how does how does that fit into your game and you got you have to have the correct diagnosis and how does it fit into how you're actually swinging but the other side of it is does your body fit the way that that tip or that is is profession you should swing it so if you're if you're going to work against your body you're you're uh you're probably not going to have a lot of success yeah and I, and I just think for a lot for a lot of people i mean and hey, I think the best deal would be to, for people to get in the gym and really work on their body. I mean, of course, I mean, that's what we would ultimately want. But the reality of it is, you know, for, for you know, Jim, who walks on your lesson tee, like I said, is 65, just retired, finally has some money, loves to play golf, wants to work on his game and take lessons for the first time in his life. If he walks on the lesson tee with Chris Foley, he, he's going to get good information because you're going yeah. to assess what he's capable of doing. But you also right. understand, you know, he's probably not going to go to the gym five days a week and stretch. But I'm going to build him a golf swing that allows him to use what he's got. And I think that's what great coaching is about. I don't even if you're working with with a, with a, a tour professional, you, you you have to understand what it is. And so anyhow, that's kind of the real. I just saw a need for it in the market. I'm like, hey. We've got a ton of information here for these players, but what about this whole group of people over here that's being neglected that quite honestly still loves to play the game and maybe has got time for the first time in their life to really work on it? Yeah. Yeah, most most of us don't have the we've, – we've only got a set amount of time that we can play golf, and uh, we've got to figure out what, how are we going to spend that time most effectively to get better at the game of golf if we're going to work on it. So. Ted, you know, kind of along that lines, you, you, you've spent, uh, uh, over the last 10 years, you've spent a lot of time out on, uh, especially the ladies tour. And one, one of the things that we talk about a, a lot on our show is, is how to practice. And, uh, I, uh, I always jokingly say mo- most people exercise when they go to the, the practice range, they don't truly <laughs> practice. <laughs> and, what uh, you know, spending the, the amount of time on tour that you have, and with those elite players, what what do you see as the difference between the way they practice and the way the average player practices? Well, it's a great point because um, this I'm real pa- really passionate about this. Uh, I think I think two things. One is is that I mean, a high level player, of course, they practice a lot. Um, and I think most people, I, I do at times think that we overblow that. I, I think we create this this narrative like that they're just on the lesson, you know, on the range, like hitting balls for five hours straight. I mean, every single day. I, I, I don't see that. They do they do practice every day because it is, of course, their job. But the biggest difference is that they have real good clarity around what it is that they're trying to do, and um, and it and I think. The, the, the best players have clarity, and that clarity is also simple. 
Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. Simple and easy are two different, two completely different things. I think most amateurs, one is they don't have a, a clarity on what it is that they're trying to do. They're just they're just kind of grabbing stuff out of a bag every day, just trying something different. So there's no clarity. There's no real plan in place. Um, and number two, they overcomplicate it. I, I mean, some of the best lessons I've ever had are just simple things like keep it clean at the top. Um, shift your weight to your your heel on your backswing. Um, you know, simple things like that. I think that at times uh, the amateur golfer goes to the lesson team and thinks in order to become good at this, it needs to be complex, and it just it just simply doesn't. Simplicity, repetition, um, are the things that I notice the most. Something that dads uh, don't always teach when they're your first golf teacher. <laughs> <laughs> They've got every idea you guys have in their heads. Elbow here, knee here, heel back. Keep your head down. Uh, you might tell it could tell that I re- my, that was my dad's golf lessons for me. <laughs> there, there's a, there's a there's a lot of truth in that. The, uh, you know, so, so so much so much of uh, you know golf instruction outside of. Uh, golf instructors is really built on cliches uh, all those uh probably those, a lot of those myths that are in your book todd i mean you know <laughs> keeping your head down and your left arm straight yeah. and you know don't look up and all those different things and <laughs> um you know so it uh, I, I find one of the one of the barriers i have on the on the lesson to you is overcoming a lot of those things and, yeah uh, You're listening to our conversation with uh, Todd Kolb, Director of Golf at Sanford Power Academy, as he and Chris uh, swap ideas on some teaching from the uh, Lesson T. We're back with more after this on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. You can also find us at Podcast One, great landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, all brought to you in part by our sponsors, Holiday Stores, in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue, and Cragen's Legacy Courses, the home to the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Tom Lehman 18. Now back to our conversation with Todd Kolb, Director of Golf at the Sanford Power Academy. You know, along the same line of, of, of practice, going back to practice, when, when you're working with a, you know, some of the ladies that you have and do on the ladies tour do you you help them create practice plans todd and and Mm -hmm. say you know here's here's where you should focus your practice over the next two weeks and let's break it down into this is is that something you've uh you focused on with these ladies well it certainly has yeah and 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 you know, 99% of them or anybody who, who has gotten to that level of success, we're talking about golf, it could be business, it could be, you know, like you guys, you know, doing a radio show, a podcast. I mean, they've got a pretty good process and plan in place or they wouldn't be playing golf with their name on their bag, as I like to say. I mean, yeah. they're, they're doing a lot of things correct. Um, but what we might do is we might, we might modify that a little bit, like, hey, let's spend a little bit more time on the bunkers in the next couple of weeks versus, uh, you know, our wedges or, or whatever that might be. I think for young people, especially high school kids, um, who will probably spend more time practicing between the ages of, of 14 and, and 24 as they will from 24 to 64, 
um, that developing that skill is important. And, and I pitch that a lot with our younger kids. And, and, he, and this would apply to professional people too. They got a, they got a job, they got a family, they, they, you know, they've got a lot of people who are pulling at their time. So when they get to the golf course, let's say they have an hour to practice, you know, they've got to be efficient and mm-hmm. they can get a lot done in an hour if they have a plan and if they have some things in place. And I, I always pitch that to our high school kids and our college kids, you know, I'm like, Hey, you're a kid. You want to, you want to have some fun. You know, you want to go do stuff, but if you give us an hour and a half and we lay that out specifically of what you're going to do, um, man, you can start making some, some real progress. So yes, it's a big, important thing. Um, the best person in the world kind of typically have been taught that early. So they have it we might modify what it is they're working on a little bit. Um, but for most amateur golfers and younger people, we got to help them learn that process. Yeah. So how, how does the, the average guy who's maybe not taking golf lessons, how do you suggest that he goes about practicing more efficiently? What would be some of the things that you'd suggest there? Yeah. So the, the first thing I would suggest is, um, make sure that they're touching all parts of the game. Um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people, when I just watch them practice in general, they just, you know, they, they go to the driving range and they just take off. But sometimes they're doing drills and they got some, some specifics around what it is they're trying to do. But to me, let's say if you've got an hour to practice, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to do 20 minutes of hitting balls. I'm going to do 20 minutes, you know, putting, and I'm going to do 20 minutes of some type of a, of either chipping bunkers or, you know, wedges, you know, or some combination of that, but I'm going to make sure I'm touching each part of my game. I, I'm a big believer, a big, big believer in what I like to call stackable skills. And coach, you and I talked about this a lot. You know, I see a lot of players who are average players who are great at one thing. They're like, oh, I'm super long off the tee or I'm a great putter. And when I hear people say that, I'm like, okay, if they're telling me how super long they are, they're also telling me that they're not very good with their short game. <laughs> because people who are really yeah. good at a lot of things or are average at a lot of things have what we call, I like to call stackable skills. And I say, well, what are you good at? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I, it's kind of a tough question for me because it means that they're decent at a lot of things. And I just think to play the game of golf, you can't be just great at one thing. you got to be good are good enough at four or five things and over time you're going to beat somebody who's really good at just one thing yeah you know I, I, being great at uh you know whatever the area is driving or chipping or what but i i find that so many players tend to, to spend most they're great at that skill already and they but they spend tend to spend the majority of their practice time still practicing that skill Mm. And, you know, we, we, they've really got to, because it, it's fun to practice that way. It, it's more fun to practice what you're good at, but you really have to work on some of those skills that that are going to have more of an impact on your game. You're already good at that area, so you've got to spend that time um, developing the other skills so it has a bigger impact on your game. It's a great point. It's a great point. Probably the, the best player that I ever worked with, um, I won't mention you know the, her name, but it's, and she won on the LPGA Tour. I mean, great player, great person, just a great individual, just did not like practicing bunker play. 
because they weren't very good at it. <laughs> they just weren't good at it. Yeah. And uh, and so we just avoided it. And it was like, so part of the coach's job is is to like keep bringing that forward and say, no, you know, this is not going to change unless we address it. We got to look it in the eye. We got to face it. We got to figure out a plan, and we got to dive into, like you said, coach. And and then over time, and then it be, and it's like I, you'll see in this particular situation that's happened, where the narrative started to change, and all of a sudden, it became not something that they feared and avoided, to it became like a new challenge. Like you know what, and I, I can do this. And they see a little bit of success, and that that goes back to exactly what you just said. It's this whole stackable skills. You got to be. You, you, I mean, you got to be solid at everything. If you're really good at just one thing and not good at other things, eventually it comes up and bites you. All right. Well, Todd, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing all your knowledge here. You know, you you, uh, you put out some great content. Um, gosh, on a daily basis, I think I get an email from you. From um, your, it's it's called. Correct me if I'm wrong. U.S. Golf TV, correct? That's correct. Yep. Tell us about U.S. Golf TV and how people, uh, you know, kind of start getting your, all the things that you put out. Yeah, well, th- thanks, thanks for thanks for that. I mean, it, it's it's something I've been passionate about, much like yourself. I mean, we, we most of us get in this business because we love the game and we love love to help people play better golf. So one of the platforms in which we do that is is U.S. Golf TV. Uh, we got a very strong presence on YouTube. Uh, that's where we put all of our content there. We got a, a strong presence on, on our website at usgolftv.com. And of course, you know, the book we're just putting out, um, you know, uh, The Bad Lie. Uh, you can find that at Bad Lie Golf um, just in Amazon. If you search it, you'll find it. But um, it's really geared, our information there is it's geared towards the everyday player. The average player, I, I just think I'm just really something I've really become more passionate about over the last five, six, seven years is is this information for high level players is awesome. It's exciting. It, it gets headlines. But at the end of the day, ninety nine point nine percent of the people who play golf, you know, they're forty five, got two kids, maybe driving a minivan, but they love golf and they want to get better. So a lot of our content is is geared towards, hey, how do we help you? the everyday player or what we call our quote experienced golfer, the older golfer and yeah, play better golf. And, and, uh, that's where we do those. So we love hearing from people. We get most of our ideas from the comments. People say, Hey, I want some talk about this, talk about that. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Todd, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, uh, we'll look forward to getting to reading the bad lie and, uh, look forward to having back on soon. Well, I appreciate you guys, and thanks for thanks for spreading the, the word on this great game. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next phone call when I can call you and ask you for some pointers on, this, on how to help all the people. <laughs> Someday we'll show you my swing, and you and Chris can write two more chapters, Todd. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan also streaming at uh, KLIZ.com, and uh, find us at Podcast One as well, brought to you in part by SCR Northern. They're the guys and gals who answer their phones 24-7, the ones with Old Man Winter on the trucks. Also by Mills Automotive, uh, celebrating their uh, 100th year. A bunch of events coming up uh, this week and next week at uh, the Mills Automotive stores. And also Whitefish Golf in Pequot Lakes, an experience that never disappoints one of the premier 18-hole championship courses in the Lakes area. Chris, um, 
great uh, guest, Todd Kolb, your buddy. I, it was fun to hear you guys talking because uh, uh, you're kind of on the same wavelength as far as uh, always striving for that next uh, tip for the everyday golfer. And uh, he's got uh, an interesting career working with LPGA professionals and, you know, guys like me. So it's <laughs> – and I, I see one of his uh, – uh, just on his on his webpage, one of one of the gals talking was uh, his uh, one of his pros, and she's been with him since she was six years old, and she's 29 years old and eight years in on the PGA tour, and says she couldn't have done it without him. So that's got to be quite a quite a, a a ride, Chris, to to go from six years old to 29 with the same golfer. Yeah, you know, I, I think always one one of the marks of a good coach is that they've taken players from. You know, whether it's a, a young person that, that, that started the game when they were six or eight years old and they, you know, they work with them all the way through school and they become a, you know, a good college player. And then, you know, if they move on from there, but that they've taken them from a certain level to a, to the next level. And that could be, you know, somebody who's an 18 handicap who becomes a single digit handicap or, um, you know, but I, I, the mark of a good coach is somebody who can, you know, truly improve somebody's game over a, a long-term time. And, and Todd certainly has had so much success in that regard. We talked a little bit about, uh, joked a little bit about the cliches that that uh, come in over the years when you're being taught by your mother or your father or your grandfather or who's ever your first teacher. But there's a lot, some, always there's a little bit of truth in cliches. So somebody hears, you know, your your elbow's flying away there. That's your problem. And, <laughs> and uh, is there uh, an old cliche that is actually quite true most of the time, Chris? You know, it uh, it's all in how it applies to that player. And, um, you know, I, I've got a whole list of them, but, you know, it, it's – it's always interesting to me because people really build their golf swings around those type of things. And, you know, one, one of the ones that I see frequently is, you know, the, the club face has by far the biggest influence on the, the direction that the golf ball goes. Yeah. And the, the way, the way we align ourselves has some impact. Uh, and our, our alignment has, a lot of impact on the direction of our swing and the way the golf ball curves is a combination of where the club faces at impact that starts the ball and then the direction or the the uh, path of our swing work together to, to create the curve so for instance if a person is slicing the golf ball their club face is open in relationship to the path of the swing well, typically, if, if somebody, you know, let's say somebody's out on the golf course and, and they're, they hit a few shots to the right, the first thing their player, playing partners say to them is they're aimed or they're aligned to the right. And in most cases, people's aim is pretty good uh, within reason. So all of a sudden what, what the player starts doing is they start aligning themselves further and further to the left. Well, the problem with that now, they have to, that creates a bigger slice because now their path is biased to the left and they're going to tend to swing more and more to the left. Now the face is going to be more and more open in relationship to that and they hit bigger and bigger slices. So many of those things, you really have to be conscious. How does it apply to your game? And is that truly what's affecting the golf ball doing, doing what it's doing? Yeah, yeah, certainly. 
Uh, some uh, young players who uh, have applied some of these lessons and uh, have really uh, made great strides in their game. We've had uh, quite a year for state participants in golf, Chris, from area golfers, including uh, your daughter Katie and Izzy Olson, uh, two of the Warrior girls who are headed to the uh, state tournament for, is it the third time each for those two? Uh, I, I think number four for each, if I, if I remember right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Does no, she, that's pretty good. She doesn't kind of hold it over the, your boys, does she? <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, her, our, my boys are such uh, supporters and fans of her. She, uh, they, uh, <laughs> they all, they all get along pretty well. They can, they can do some good trash talk. <laughs> sure, they can. Well, so as well. well. Well, that's uh, that's part of the part of the golf course life, without a doubt. When you're playing that's right. competitively, yeah, and uh, we, we've kidded about it before that. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what the total weight of Izzy and Katie combined is, but I know it's less than what I weigh. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> combined and, height and weight. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. Then the uh, Pequot Lakes uh, Patriots have had. Uh, Good success in recent years, and this year they get both teams to state, Chris. Yeah, gosh, what what a what a nice deal! And both both the boys and the girls team qualifying for state, and so we got uh, two Brainerd boys, Max Holmstrom and Turner Pearson. And gosh, the 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 Brainerd boys nearly pulled out, beating beating Alexandria to go to go to the state as a team, and then. Uh, from Crosby, we've got uh, Frankie Meyer, so we're going to have really good representation at the state tournament uh, uh, among a lot of area kids. Oh, and, and Little Falls, Abby Trakowski. So, nice, uh, a lot yeah. of great, a lot of great state representation uh, next week at the uh, at the boys and girls tournaments. That just makes better golfers in our area because it's uh, such good competition when you get local schools at at some of our local uh, events. That's really fun. You know, I was going to say is, I, you know, I think success breeds success. And, right. You know, I think um, it, you know, you get a couple kids that play well like that, and that, that just feeds into itself. You know, you get a couple kids that qualify for the state tournament all of a sense of team. But, you know, these younger kids say, gosh, I, I can beat him or I can beat her, and they're going to state. And it just, it just gives them the confidence that, uh, you know, that they, they can do the same thing. So it's a, it's a big part of uh, creating these winning traditions. Yeah, and I think the lifestyle and the leadership aspect of it, uh, uh, we should mention, you know, Katie Foley got the Athlete of the Week this week in the Brainerd Dispatch. And the article's very good. And, but she talks about, as an eighth grader, looking up to the varsity player, seventh grader, eighth grader, realizing now that she's in that role and kind of uh, being a mentor for the younger players and that just uh, creates more more golfers yeah it's fun to see the, the kids take that responsibility all right chris good show my friend thank you mac that's chris foley i'm colin mcdonald you've been listening to lakes woods and irons on 1380 kliz